The check is never worth being out of alignment. Mm. This one cuts me deep. I have allowed the check, the money, the client, the client clout, like the client's name to derail me from what I know is true about myself, my values and my vision for many years. And I will not do it again. In fact, I let go of several clients just didn't, I didn't renew their contracts um, just because I knew I was completely out of alignment with my vision. And in some cases with the message of the client. And it's very hard to do, but at the same time, like if your name is on something, you've really got to be serious about that. And what I've found is I used to be like, okay, I'm going to put a huge number on this. And that way, if they do, it'll be worth it to me. Guess what? I've done that a couple times and people have bit with that and it's never worth it to you. Trust me. You being out of alignment with your values and with what you want is never, ever worth a check. My name is Jess and I am your host here on the Social Strategy Slayer Show, where we talk all things social media for entrepreneurs. Specifically though, how to build your influence and consistently land your ideal clients through the content you're putting out there without you needing to sacrifice your authenticity, your time, or without you needing to run a bunch of expensive ad campaigns. Let's dive in. So today's episode of the Social Strategy Slayer is going to be a lot different than normal. I know last week was a little bit different than normal too, but this week um, I am recording this episode on the weekend that is my 28th birthday. And I really wanted to share with you guys a longer episode of just the lessons that I feel I've learned over these 28 years so far. And it's going to be personal and spiritual and business, but I feel like I've had a lot of learnings happening. And I know you guys, a lot of you guys listening might be like, you're so young. (laughs) What are your lessons? And what I have to say to that is I've gone through a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff. And um, I think I'm a very wise person for my age. And I've always clicked with people who are older than me a lot. Like a lot of my best friends these days are like 40, 46, 36. Like they're at least 10 years older than me. And I still have some amazing soul sisters and really good friends who are in my age group as well. And I love them and we have so much fun together. But I really like forget sometimes how much older some of my really good friends are than me because I feel like we're the same age, which is funny. And they feel like they're the same age as me too. Um, and to me, age doesn't really matter. And, and even one lesson I didn't write down that I want to share right now is like, never disvalidate someone's opinion or point of view because of their age, whether it be that they're old or young. Like I always love to hear my grandparents' perspectives because they had such valuable perspectives And I think sometimes we just say like, oh, they're old school, they're old people, or oh, they're so young, they don't know what they want. And for me, even sharing a podcast like this is a big deal because growing up, I was severely abused emotionally and mentally about like, you're just a kid. And I was being told this till I was like 24 even. Like, well, you're just so young, you don't even know. Like, you don't even know, you're too young. 
And I think that when we do that, we disvalidate that, that person as a person. And no matter if someone is four, 14, 24, 34, or 74, or anything in between, your feelings are valid. Like what you want to create and what what lessons you're learning are valid. And we need to start listening to each other about where everybody is. And for me, over the past year, actually over the past two years, I have gone through more than I could have ever imagined. If you would have told me two years ago, which my astrologer did tell me, you're going to have some intense, insane things happening over the next couple of years based on my chart. I was like, okay, I was very afraid. And thank God I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I have been through some serious, serious stuff in my life. Um, and up until this past couple of years, especially, um, I've lost both of my grandparents last year, as a lot of you guys know, and it has been very, very intense. Um, very intense for me and for my entire family and a lot of my lessons and where I am now and what I believe now are a lot to do with the per gain perspective I now have having gone through such intense loss. And I know for some people you're like, oh yeah, losing a grandparent is just losing a grandparent. And these grandparents to me were a lot more than just grandparents. My grandma was like one of my best friends. I'm gonna like really, really try not to get emotional here and to stay grounded, um, but it is gonna be hard for me because I really miss her every single day. And especially around my birthday, um, it's really hard. Like I've cried several times today and like getting the phone calls from my grandparents on my birthday were like the number one thing I look for looked forward to. And now I'm creating a new relationship with them, um, which might sound weird to some, but that's my belief system. So this isn't about that. It's about just my life experience. But for context, I've gone through massive loss. I've lost three fur babies in the last two years. Both of my grandparents I lost within a year. And I think my grandpa died now like uh, over six months ago. But it feels like it was, it feels so fresh because it was very sudden. Um, and my grandpa was a lot more than a grandpa to me as well. He was a role model, both in how he was as a business owner, and I've made lots of content about him and his philosophies in business and how they've impacted me um, and his philosophies as a man and how that's impacted me. And it's funny because my fiance is very similar to my grandfather um, in a lot of ways, which uh, is not a mistake to me at all. I looked for those qualities. Um, and it's part of why I love him so much. So when I sat down to write these lessons, I was trying to come up with eight lessons and I ended up coming up with 28 lessons. So I'm gonna get it going, but these are my 28 lessons in my 28 years so far. And I have many, many more and I'll elaborate on some and some I'll just read. And I'm gonna read them from my beautiful journal from Infinite Mantra, who I absolutely love her journals. They're some of my favorite journals and they last, I've been using this specific journal for like, three years and um, it just, wow, it lasts so well. It lays so flat, the paper quality is amazing. It's like truly my favorite journal. Okay, so my lessons in my 28 years. The first lesson that came up for me when I sat down to write these lessons was, you aren't responsible for your trauma, but you are responsible for your healing. I did not come up with that quote. 
I searched and I could not find the originator of that quote. Many people say that on the internet and stuff, but you are not responsible for your trauma. And I think that we often feel that like, oh yeah, I know that. But intuitively, like, do you know that you are not responsible for your trauma? You are only now responsible for your healing. So I know the abuse I've suffered in my life has, I am not responsible for that. As much as that person wants to act like it's my fault, like when you're four years old and you're being verbally abused, when you're six, seven, eight years old and you're being verbally abused, that is not your fault. It really is not. It doesn't matter even if you are like a devil spawn, okay? Um, you are not, which by the way, no child is a devil spawn, okay? But that is not your fault. But as an adult, you cannot allow that to carry into all of your other relationships. Um, so I knew, like, as I as I got older, I knew that a lot of these, like, manipulative, abusive behaviors that I learned, I internalized. And that's how I thought it, you would experience love. And there was a lot of things that I, how I was showing up that I didn't like that were reflective of that, that I had to be responsible for going back and getting support and going into like intensive leadership trainings where I'm getting like radical feedback um, and then finding even new ways to heal my trauma through like working with EFT um, and journaling and mindset work and shadow work. But like, you really are not responsible. Like what happened to you? And this was a concept that took me a long time to even figure out because I felt like, okay, I'm gonna be really mad at this person who did this to me for a very long time. And then I know that I showed up in that way sometimes in many relationships. And I think to myself, okay, um, like what stories am I making up about myself and how can I just be now responsible for moving forward in a way that's aligned with who I really am and when I'm unlearning these behaviors. So you are not responsible, like, because I think a lot of times we, we then feel like, oh, we are unworthy and that's why that happened. And you might not even think that yet, but it is sometimes a subconscious belief that you have. And then you move into the phase of, oh, I didn't deserve that. I'm angry at this person now, which like, okay, yes, you can be angry at the person. And I remember um, I was in a leadership training and one of my mentors said like, you have to learn how to love this person. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no. Um, but I did learn how to love the person and loving someone doesn't mean letting them back into your life. Loving them can mean praying for them from afar sending them love every single day and sending a prayer to them, having love in your heart for them, having empathy for them, understanding what in their life contributed to them doing that to you. And also understanding that you have no control over their own healing process. You can only control your healing process. So for me, that was huge. It was a huge, huge, huge foundational thing for me to learn. Um, and I knew that, okay, now I'm continually doing inner child work and things like, you know, um, just getting support to continue to heal those parts of myself so I can continue to grow as a person because it always comes up. Like it's very deep rooted when you have childhood trauma, you, you, it is your responsibility to keep working on it. And it's not fun. And you might feel like I want to be done with this, but at the same time, like it is the thing that you got to do. Right. And there's generational trauma and all that too, but that's my number one lesson. 
Um, my number two lesson is don't make things about you or take them personally. So this was in the four agreements, like don't take anything personally. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, and I realized for a long time, I took everything personally. And I have a lot of people uh, in my life um, that take things personally. Like, oh, you posted this with this family member. So that means that you excluded me and I'm angry at you. And I wanted to do this with you. And it's like, whoa, um, whoa, <laughs> that is not me. That's them. So you can't like take things personally. Sometimes people react. They talk bad about you to other people. They do, th they leave you a mean comment. Like, of course we need to be open to feedback, but not, it's not necessarily personal. Like it feels personal, but a lot of times when we lash out at people, it's our own shit. Like people making fun of you or like, like recently I had a situation where some people from grade school are like sharing my Instagram stories and like making fun of my fiance and all these things. And I was just like, okay, how do I want to handle this? Um, I made a funny joke about it in an Instagram story. Like you can see who looks at your Instagram story. So then I knew who it was for sure. And then I was just like, okay, great. I'm going to release this. Like I'm going to send these people love. And I am not responsible for whatever stories they've made up about who we are and what's going on. And I'm, it's kind of actually funny to me now, but you can't take things personally. Like for many of my friends, that story that I was, I was like, oh, this is what's going on. They were like, oh my gosh, like they're like fired up. I'm like, hey, it's cool. Like that's not on me. And you've got to learn how to understand. And even when you get mean comments, right? Or mean things like it's not necessarily about you. It's about them. And um, it's just really important to like learn that and detach yourself from that. Even when people lash out at you, sometimes it's not about you. And that is really important just to learn that. And if you've not read the four agreements, like I highly recommend that you do that. Number three, personal boundaries. So personal boundaries are key and necessary in everything in your life. And you can't feel guilty about them. So I used to feel, and I still battle with this a lot, um, particularly with certain family members, I've had to really like get some boundaries in place or particular, you know, just whatever it is, because it's just very toxic for me. And um, particularly certain people or relationships that you might have friends, you need to have boundaries in place that allow you to have like, just not get taken advantage of and not get your energy totally sucked all the time. Because it's very, very easy for you to go into a people-pleasing mode and not want people to be mad at you. And then you are now, um, you're now just like making everything, um, you're doing what other people want because you don't want to upset them. And then you have all this internalized hate and anger, and not necessarily even hate, but anger towards that person. And it maybe you lash out at them and it bubbles up or whatever. This has happened to me several times. And really what I've learned is like, you cannot, you cannot deal with that. You need to have personal boundaries. If there is situations in your life that the soul is being sucked from you or your energy is leaking and you've tried to talk to those individuals or like tried to figure out ways to help to navigate those situations in a healthy way and they are not willing to so to do the work and to work on themselves and they're very just committed to their own stuff then you got to put some personal boundaries in place and you can't feel bad about it you can't feel bad about I only see 
these people sometimes. I only answer the phone sometimes. You have to have personal boundaries. And even with my work, like there are times when like my best friend calls me and she's like, I want to go shopping. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. There are times when she really wants to go shopping and she's like, please, please. And I have to say like, no, I actually have a lot of work to get done. Even though I make my own hours, I have to have some boundaries. And she can do the same thing for me. Like, no, I'm not going to do this and I am staying home, you know? And that's great. And I respect that when people have their own boundaries and you've got to stick to those boundaries. Like I don't do calls on Fridays. And I'm in this mastermind group where the connection calls are on Fridays and it sucks because I miss these calls oftentimes, but I need fr Fridays for myself. If I get on that call, my whole Friday is screwed. My whole routine for myself is screwed. Like I know I energetically need one day of the week where I don't have calls so I can recharge my batteries. And every time I break that rule, I regret it. So it's like a super strict thing now that my team has with me, like, no, no calls on Fridays. So your personal boundaries are key. Number four, they will judge you anyway. Don't be afraid to um, create a new path. So they will judge you anyway. So whether you put yourself out there or not, they're going to judge you anyway. Whether you have a really big, bold life or stay really small, they're going to judge you anyway. People are going to judge you. And I think that oftentimes we think like, oh, no, 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 like it'll be fine. And we're afraid of judgment. People are judging you all the time. You walk down the street, someone sees you, they're judging you. Like, it's just unfortunately the human condition. So my like biggest thing is just continuing to remind myself, like they're going to judge you anyway, like just getting okay with the fact that people are going to judge you and just expecting and holding the vibration and the vision of like, I'm going to attract in people in my life who are going to be able to hold me in my opinions, even if they don't agree and vice versa and hold me in my light and want to see me in my life because that's who you want in your life. You don't want people in your life who cannot handle you and your growth. Like you want people who are going to encourage and foster that within you. Um, so that's what you want to do. That's something that's been really important for me. Okay, number five, take lots of photos and videos. You will be super grateful for that. Yes, yeah, so my mom has all these tapes of me like filming our family parties, filming um, myself as like a eight-year-old dancing to Britney Spears. And it's really cool filming myself and my grandparents, like me. Um, it was really cool. I have these Polaroids for, for Christmas um, one year. I think I was like maybe eight. I got a Barbie Polaroid camera. I don't know if anybody else had that with the Barbie film. And I went and I have these photos of my grandparents, like one of my grandma and one of my grandpa, like um, on the Polaroids. And um, we found a video of me opening the camera and taking the photos. And now we were like, oh my gosh, that's where those photos came from. So it was really cool. And you know, like with my grandparents, especially with me losing them, I have, I am so happy. I have so many videos of them and photos of me and them. Like we had broken the record at the funeral home for my grandpa. And then again, for my grandma of how many posters we had across the funeral home. And I just find that to be like, freaking amazing because we had so many photos and like who can even say that like just never um stop and take a photo you know people say stop and smell the roses like stop and take a photo take a video like with your loved ones like you don't have to even post it it's just good for you to have and share um number six people in your life don't need to understand you 
People in your life do not need to understand you. It's totally okay. And that this is what I'm continuing to work on. I like need to take a dose of my own medicine here because sometimes like since I moved back to Chicago this year, especially with my spirituality, sometimes I feel like I'm alone and I'm misunderstood or I just don't have people who I can like talk to about this stuff in person. Whereas in California, being spiritual, like being into tarot and the moon and all the things, um, that's, that's the norm. And you can easily find people who are in that with you, who care about that with you. And for me, I've just felt really misunderstood and actually quite lonely here in Chicago. And I know, of course, I can do the, the virtual stuff, but there's something about like a sisterhood circle in person that you can do or crystal shopping with your girlfriends, honestly, um, or do going to dance church and things like that, that are just like so uplifting and just fill up my soul or like, you know, pulling cards on the beach with a friend going in the ocean and like, you know, clearing your chakras and all the things. Um, but the truth is like, they, they don't need to understand you. People don't need to understand you. It doesn't matter. Like your spirituality and your mission and your calling are yours. They're no one else's. It's not their job to understand you at all. It's your job to execute and hold that into what it hold what you want and not really worry about it. So I continue to work on this because I get the judgy eyes all the time. And I don't, um, I, I'm like, it's hard for me because... I like to be understood, but at the same time, it's, I remind myself all the time, like that I don't need to be understood. It's just not a necessary thing, right? Okay. Number seven, create friendships that are in alignment with you. And that's key to your well-being. So that is so true for me. I notice for myself, that when I have friends who do understand me in a spiritual setting or in a business setting or in an emotional setting, it is really under, it's really, really helpful to my growth. Like when you have friends who you know your values line up and overall, you're never going to agree with people on everything. And you need to also let that shit go too. You're never going to stop judging people for not having the same exact thoughts as you because no one has the same exact thoughts as you but you need to have friends who are in alignment with you who like can you can actually work with who you can actually have calls with who can bring you back to your values in your center because there is massive value in that like you don't want to lose yourself in your true core values right so that is really really important as well number eight don't rush grief yeah, don't rush grief. Grief is like someone described this to me. I think it was a poem and I can't find the original author of this. So if you know, please tell me. Um, but grief is like an ocean. Like it's like, it's like an ocean. Sometimes it's calm and sometimes the wave comes in and you're just like pulled into the undertow and it's overwhelming. And you know what they say? Like when you get pulled in, they, they're like, you just kind of have to like surrender if you want the best chance of coming back up. And I have found that to be so true with grief. And particularly like not judging yourself and not judging others and letting and not making it about you. So like, this is really big. When someone loses someone, you don't make it about you and say, I totally understand. And then you start talking about your loss. Listen to that person. Stop making it about you. Oh, I miss them too. Like that's one thing that annoys me. People I know are like, I miss your grandparents that did not even know my grandparents very well. And I'm like, 
okay. Like, which is, I guess they're trying to help, but like, it's them making it about them. So just like, don't rush grief and don't make other people's grief around you about you really hold space for them to make it a make, let them go through their process and don't rush other people's grief too, because it is like a wave and it's something you're going to be working through forever. Number nine, your voice and your passion are yours. Don't build a life for others. This is really important. So like, I know for my fiance and I, we're breaking a lot of family norms on both sides. We're not getting married in a church because we're much more spiritual than we're not Christian. And we grew up super Catholic, both of us. And that's a big thing, kind of like a taboo thing, um, that we're not doing that. We're not sending our kids to Catholic schools, which we both went to. I'm very grateful for my education, but I'm doing things differently. I'm not going to, we're going to raise our kids vegan. Like we're vegan. We're going to raise our kids vegan. Please do not send me a DM about this. I do not need your opinion. I'm going to do my own thing. Okay. Um, we are, we're hoping that we can live by coastally at some point with our kids and maybe like figure out how we can like for certain kids if homeschooling's right. And I already got some comments about that from people in the family. And listen, you got to just decide that you are going to live your own life for you. You can't live, you get one life, live it the way you want to live it. You got to live your life for yourself. You can't let other people's opinions and values dictate your opinions and values. You need to decide what's right for you and your family. And you just got to let go of other people's opinions about it. I know there's going to be lots of opinions about how we raise our children in terms of just what we're going to allow them to do and how we're going to allow them to play with different toys and how we're going to teach them about not needing a bajillion toys and things. And there's just going to be, I know it's going to be a thing. And I got to just decide I don't care, <laughs> like, honestly. And even with your own life, like, people are not going to understand you and your vision. And it's not their job to. And it's also not your job to not do what you feel is right for you and your family because other people are judging you. Because even if you did everything exactly the way they wanted you to, they would find things to judge. So if someone's judging you, then they're probably a judgmental person anyway, and they're going to judge you no matter what. And it's not your freaking problem to deal with other people's bullshit. Okay, so there's also that. I've learned that too. Number 10, have some freaking fun, okay? Like, honestly, life is heavy and things can feel really heavy, but we really need to stop and just have fun. I love having fun. Having fun is my favorite thing ever. The pandemic has been really hard for me because it's not been very fun. Have I created fun within the pandemic? Yes. Um, but like, I really thoroughly enjoy like going out and dancing, going out and having fun, having margaritas with some girlfriends. Like, that's like my favorite thing ever. Sometimes you just got to have freaking fun. Put up some fun, funny Instagram stories. Like not everything needs to be business and strategy all the time. Just have some freaking fun. Number 11, be open-minded for growth. Like you don't have to, like you, I think if this year in general has taught us anything, it's that the way things have been going in this planet is not the way that they should be going. And just because you did something at one point doesn't make it right. And you need to be able to be open to growth and not be like so committed to your stories of how things should be. Number 12, connecting to your spirituality is key. I believe this deeply. I feel like for me, the people I always connect to on the deepest, most soul connection level, they're very spiritual people and not necessarily spiritual in the fact that, um, you know, they 
like they all believe what I believe. You know, I actually connect a lot to people of different faiths. I have some friends who are Muslim and I really connect with them and, and like we can relate. I have a lot of clients who are much more Christian based and we connect a lot. Um, they think I'm weird, but it's fine. I kind of think they're weird. Like we all think each other are weird a little bit because it's not our necessarily our belief system. Right. But we get it. Like, and so for me, my spirituality has been key for me, like me journaling and meditating and pulling tarot cards and like connecting to my guides and, and praying to the angels and doing moon phase work and doing shadow work have been like truly what is keeping me going and growing. So you got to tap into that truly. Um, at least that's my lesson for my life. When I'm not connected to that part of myself, things do not go as well for me. Be you. Like just really work on developing your own self-identity and asking yourself, what and who you would be without all of the expectations that are on you based on family and location. When I moved to California, um, you know, someone was like, oh, you got Californiafied, which was like funny. But the truth is like, I didn't. There's a lot about California that I didn't adopt. But what I did do was I had space to grow and I allowed myself to grow and expand into new things. And I allowed myself to really question, what about myself and my belief systems are based on Chicago? And so now I'm back in Chicago. It's very weird. <laughs> um, I'm moved back to be closer to family for now, but I definitely am not going to stay here forever. That's for sure. And um, I also know that for me, I don't really care what everyone around me is thinking and doing. I'm going to continue to evolve myself and allow myself to have that space and that grace. Number 14, keep your side of the street clean. Release attachment, attachment to other people's journeys. You can't control them. So this is really big. Like for me, even with my spiritual practice, like Mark and I are not like, he is nowhere near as woo as I am at all. And I even hate the word woo-woo and woo-hoo and woo, because I think there's like kind of a negative connotation to it. Um, but there's no real other name for it that I can think of. But with my spirituality, like I don't push Mark to believe anything I believe he's his own person and he and he never encourages or discourages me to do anything different but what I do do is I keep my side of the street clean so I am doing my tarot pulling I am doing my money manifestation and saging the house I am doing the incense I am lighting the candles I am working with the moon and sometimes he, as I've grown through this, sometimes he actually is like, Hey, I want to join you. Like, I want to join you on this, which is really fun. Sometimes he's like, I really want you to pull a card for me or do a card reading for me. Um, and he actually has grown to really love it, but like, I've never pushed that on him. I keep my side of the street clean and he keeps his side of the street clean. And then we just, you know, inspire each other in many ways, but it's the same thing with like family or friendships. You can't be attached to your friends doing and believing what you do and believe. You got to let them be on their own path and their own journey. It's their path. It's their decision. You can't push them to be ready to do something they're not ready to do. You need to like let go of that and not judge them for that. And you have to also just let them grow and evolve into who they're meant to be and keep your side of the street clean and do what you know you need to do. 
Number 15, never be the smartest person in the room. I was at this agency uh, and the CEO would often say that he was the smartest person in the room. <laughs> um, like often, like it was like a known thing, like where he would like yell at people and tell them that he was the smartest person in the room. And I also know that I would, when I like the pe person who was abusing me also believes that they are the smartest person in the room and like belittles people's intelligence and tries to make them feel stupid or bad or wrong or like play mind games with them. And it's just like, whenever you're around someone like that, you got to get out truly. Uh, because that person is not like is delusional. For me, I don't like to be the smartest person in the room. I purposely invest in communities where I know there's people who are smarter than me and doing better than me and who know more than me. And I, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Like I'm definitely an expert in my space. I definitely know what I'm doing. But in terms of like spirituality or business, like I love to be around people who really know what they're doing more so than even me or in different ways than I do. And I like to be around those experts who know their craft really well and learn from them. I don't need to go out and become an expert in all the things. I do, though, need to lean on those experts when I'm more like when I learn tarot. I, I will refer people to my tarot teacher all the time. In fact, my best one of my best friends, Olivia Trevino, her and I, we did the tarot class together. We do a lot of classes together. Um, and that's always super fun. And I, I will always refer people to them, the spiritual gaze, because it was amazing. It was such a good class. And I stay in my lane, right? They will always refer people to me who do social media. They've taken my courses now. It's been really cool. Number 16, the check is never worth being out of alignment. Mm. This one cuts me deep. I have allowed the check, the money, the client, the client clout, like the client's name to derail me from what I know is true about myself, my values and my vision for many years. And I will not do it again. In fact, I let go of several clients just didn't, I didn't renew their contracts um, just because I knew I was completely out of alignment with my vision and in some cases with the message of the client. And it's very hard to do, but at the same time, like if your name is on something, you've really got to be serious about that. And what I've found is I used to be like, okay, I'm going to put a huge number on this. And that way, if they do, it'll be worth it to me. Guess what? I've done that a couple times and people have bit with that and it's never worth it to you. Trust me. You being out of alignment with your values and with what you want is never, ever worth a check. Number 17, you don't owe anyone in your life, whether that be family members, friends, significant others, your peace. I have touched on this several times, but you do not owe anyone an explanation for why you have boundaries. You do not know, owe anyone an explanation for your happiness. You don't, you don't like you are responsible for yourself and nobody is allowed to make you wrong for it. I mean, they might, but you don't, you don't have to take that in and take it on. One thing I'm working on, if anybody has a good answer for this is when you're done with a conversation and someone wants to keep going in circles and saying their opinion over and over again, how do you get it to end? Does anyone know? <laughs> I guess for me, what I can start saying is like, all right, great. I think we're done with this conversation. I think we've all said what we need to say and we've all made our points clear. Let's move to the next topic. 
seriously. <laughs> um, especially in these times. Sometimes it's like, all right, we're not getting anywhere here. Okay, number 18, feedback is key to growth. So I have realized with like certain family members that I've had to put boundaries up when I've tried to give them feedback, it's like they attack you or they try to flip it. Like, are you saying I'm a liar? Are you saying I'm this? Like, like they try to like flip it on you and it's very uh, toxic, okay, and annoying and they don't want feedback. They're not open to feedback. Um, and that sucks, but you have to be open to feedback, not from a place of you're open to being shit on, you're open to being abused, but like if you're working with someone, a mentor or a coach, and they're giving you feedback, you've got to take it. So like I have people in groups of mine that not necessarily now, but over the years that like they get very defensive and think that they're right about the feedback I'm giving them. And I'm like, okay, you paid me to be in this group. You paid my company to learn from my team and I, and now you're telling me that you are not going to take this feedback when we're telling you it's the thing that you really need to do. So you at that point, why did you join? Like, I'm not responsible for this. You're responsible for this. So you, if you are joining a group, even if you don't like love all the things you're being told and you're feeling like defensive, it's really important that you stop and ask yourself, like, is this person like, do they have my best interest in mind? And are they doing, are they, are they going to help me get to where I'm meant to be? And do they have what I want? Like, why am I even in this group? Why am I in this program if I'm not going to take the feedback? So I always take the feedback. Do you have to integrate every time? No. Um, but like when, like, for example, I see like in the new mastermind I just joined, they say in there that they'll work with you until you 5X your investment. If you don't 5X your investment with them for the year, then they'll work with you for free until they do. And if you implement everything that the coach is telling you to do. So like you got to take this feedback and implement it the way they're telling you to implement it so that you can create the result that you want, right? Okay. Um, number 19, always be open to new friends. So I hear, and this is a very Chicago thing where it's like no new friends. Like we have our friends from childhood, like we're a clique and it can become very toxic. And then I know people like a lot of my friends from Chicago, they don't want to make new friends. They're pretty much like, no, I don't want to make new friends or get out of my comfort zone. It's like one of the most sad things to me because I make new friends everywhere I go. And like even this past month, I just gained a really close new friend. Like when you can walk around with your heart broken open and being open to new magical friendships who are going to uplift you, you will find them everywhere. I have so many friends and I'm not bragging. It's just like what I've been able to create through me being vulnerable and open. I've also had plenty of people who do not like me, who want nothing to do with me. And that's also totally fine because with every person that does that, I've gained a great friend. Um, and I see so often that people like do not do are not open to new relationships in their life, personal relationships. And it's such a detrimental thing that they don't necessarily realize that they're missing out on some really amazing friendships. Um, and it's a protection mechanism for themselves. Number 20, trust your instincts. Always trust your instincts. Always, always, always trust your instincts. I don't know for you how you get clarity. I feel it in my body. 
and I just feel into it and I'm like, mm, this is a no. Every time I do something and I felt into it and it felt a little funky and weird and I was like, I'm not sure about this, it has always uh, not worked out. And every time I've felt clear and fu- funky or a little weird and funky and then I've been set and then I say no, it always comes out later that I made the absolute best decision possible. So go with your instinct and your gut. Um, be open to feedback, be open to guidance, but start to learn how you get and develop your yes and your no. Like, do you have a process for that? Are you able to articulate that to yourself? Number 21, your sanity ain't worth the check. I think, okay, so obviously that one came up for me twice as I was writing because it was so good. So just in case you really needed to hear that, don't take the check. Your sanity's not worth it. Number 22, don't dim your light or yourself to make other people comfortable. So when I went out to start my own business, um, one of the higher ups at the company I was working at told me that I wouldn't survive my, my business wouldn't survive in the real world. And I was had a big awakening coming to me because the real world is tough as if I wasn't, you know, living in the real world, just had moved a year ago to California by myself completely, like as if, you know, like as if I wasn't living in the real world. Okay. But I then come to find out that person had a business that like didn't take off the way they wanted. And I think it just triggered something within them. And they were kind of like, something was coming up for them. Also, when I decided I was going to leave my my comp, uh, leave corporate to start a business, one of somebody I know uh, who's actually in my family said to me that I really needed to be careful with that decision because insurance, because I wasn't going to have insurance and they're just so worried about me. And it's like a lot. I'm like, okay, don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. <laughs> okay. And insurance is like not a reason to start your own business. There, you can. There's other ways you can get insurance, right? Anyway, so what I'm saying is, and as and as I've gotten bigger and um, as I continue to get bigger, it's going to keep making people uncomfortable. I even had someone, and things are going to happen. People are going to say stuff to you, and you're just going to have to like be like, okay, I am not available for this. Somebody in my family also said to me that I should actually pay for a bill, a very high like hospital bill. Um, because they, someone else in my family had seen how much I was charging for my workshop and, um, like, yeah, I mean, what a violation. And I was so taken back. I didn't even know what to say. Um, when the truth is people have no idea, like, they're like, oh my God, who is like, first of all, what they're, what they were really saying to me is who do you think you are to charge that much? Really? That's what they're saying. And on top of that, they don't have any idea how much money it costs to run a workshop. Okay. A workshop at the minimum is like $15,000 to put on. Okay. So, uh, depending on where you're going, I mean, that is what the costs are. So, Plus your value, you don't have to justify your value, your pricing to anyone. Um, But what's so crazy about that situation was I was just totally in shock. And I was like, wow, this is how it's going to be as I continue to grow. And it is, it just is as you grow and you continue to shine your light and your light gets bigger and bigger, people around you who cannot handle it, they are going to fall out of your life. They're going to be really uncomfortable and it's not awesome. It's happened to me several times 
and it's going to keep happening. And I, there are certain relationships where I'm like, I'm afraid, is this person going to not want to be around me anymore? And you can't be because it's really not up to you. And you're also making up a story that you don't know uh, is even true yet. So you have to, you don't, you owe it to yourself to shine your light and play a big game. You cannot keep, you cannot, 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 um, play small and dim your light to make other people uncomfortable. It's just a super deep thing that you got to work through. Okay. Number 23, be open to miracles. I say all the time, like I'm open to miracles. I'm open to miracles. I'm open to miracles. Um, universe, God, whatever you want to call it, goddess, I am open to miracles. I am open and ready to receive a miracle. I am, uh, I am ready. I can handle a miracle. I am wanting a miracle. Like I am always open to miracles because you never know how something's going to work out. And the more that you're fixated on like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. You never know if it's going to lead to the best thing that's ever happened. So just always be open to miracles. Number 24, shadow work doing that inner deep work on the parts of yourself that you feel are more dark, um, looking at the things that maybe you aren't proud of that you've done and like just starting to like love and accept yourself and know that you didn't have the tools then to know what you know now and it's gotten you here and like really being able to heal those parts of yourself, not only in the things that you've been abused, but the places where maybe you have been not your best or said things that you weren't proud of. We've all been there. We're all human. And I think we've got to learn how to be accountable to our actions while also being open to learning and growing in a real way. So shadow work has been really important to me. I'm still doing it. If you are interested in it, you can just Google like shadow work and see what comes up. Um, 25, you don't need to fight with other people. I have learned this over the last year. There are certain people who they are very committed to their stories and to being right. And I will not engage with their arguments. Okay, I'm not doing it. And you don't have to either. <laughs> you get to have boundaries. 26. It's always a good idea to go and have margs with your girlfriends. Okay, for real. Like for me, sometimes I'm just like, dang, I want to like my, I was telling you guys about my friend Olivia, a lot of the time I'm like, I want to just, I mean, we're in a pandemic, so, but afterwards I'm like, oh man, I just want to book a flight to Seattle and like go just have sleepovers with Olivia and like wear PJs and then go out in Seattle and have margs. And, um, there are times when I'm like, I just want to have some girlfriends over and go dancing. I just want to go, you know, get dressed up with the girls and go out. Um, I just want to have the girls over like, or I just want to have friends over. Mark and I love to have friends over for game night. Like it's one of our favorite things. It's one of the things we miss most about LA. We had a really fun group going where we would just have game nights and bring all these fun games and we would play games for like six hours and just drink and have fun. And, oh, it was such a blast. So for me, it's, it's always a good idea. If you're sober, whatever that is for you too, like it's always a good idea to like go have some fun, like, you know, fruity drinks or whatever and have, have some fun with your friends. For me, it's always a good idea. As long as I'm not like, as long as I'm controlling myself, right? With the alcohol. <laughs> um, number 27, creating sa sacred sisterhoods and then keeping in touch with them. So when I moved from um, California back to Chicago, I had so many fears about letting certain friendships go because I love them so much. 
And what I learned was that it was very easy for me to keep those friendships going. I talked to one of my best friends, Sarah, like at least once a week on the phone. We're voice messaging constantly. Um, I talked to my friends like Megan, my, my friend Megan every now and again. I talk to, I just like I have certain friendships that I love that I continue to get on the phone with. And it, and sometimes it's not like, sometimes it's not every week. Honestly, I'm very busy. They're busy. Like my friend, uh, one of my other good friends and I, who she lives in Orange County, her and I just finally catch up on the phone for the first time in like eight months. But we text, you know, or we voice note. Um, so meet people where they're at with catching up too. Like some people, they can't get on the phone or the timing never works out be willing to like send some voice notes with people, be willing to like catch up with them, use social media to catch up with them. It's a beautiful thing about social media, but really creating those sacred sisterhoods and like keeping them anchored in so you can continue to like get the magic from those relationships and continue to grow them no matter where you live. All right. Number 28. This is a totally not deep one, but I love it. Bravo is never a pleasure you need to feel guilty about. I love Bravo TV. I love Andy Cohen. And so many people judge me for that and think I'm watching trash television and they don't like it and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to like it, but I love it. And I will never feel guilty about it. And I see people like being afraid to say, yeah, I watch The Housewives. Because, you know, people always say my brain cells go down when I watch that show. Don't let someone insult you like that, first of all. Second of all, those shows give women um, over 40 a way for them to, like, it normalizes them having a good time and starting businesses and looking and feeling amazing and giving them roles. And it's like, I'm sorry, I freaking love that. I'm, like, super looking forward to that time in my life now because I'm like, look at these women. They're crushing it, right? So... Don't allow people to make you wrong for the things you love. If you love the Kardashians, freaking love the Kardashians. If you love CSI, okay, love CSI. If you love the real world, love it. Who cares? Like, love what you love. Don't judge yourself. Don't let other people make you feel bad. I love the housewives. I own it. I don't care what people think. And I truly, like, am obsessed and want to talk about it with everyone. Okay, and I have a couple of bonuses. The first bonus is you don't need to aim, uh, you don't need to dim your relationship with others ever. So I used to feel like I had to dim certain relationships I had with certain people to not make other people feel uncomfortable. And when I really decided I was going to go all out with like showcasing my love for certain people in my life and not necessarily like dimming that um, because I was worried about, oh, will this person be mad at me? Will that person be mad at me? I was, I felt free and I just don't have that same. And I think that you guys can look at that too, like not dimming your relationships. And certain relationships are sacred and that's why grief hurts. That's another lesson I've written down. Like my relationship with my grandparents, we're so, we're so sacred. Like we have certain friendships that are so sacred to us and that's why it hurts so much. And um, that's why I miss them so much. And that's why it's so hard for me to just do things without them because I just miss them a lot. Um, and, and it's okay if other people don't get it or are mad at you for it. It really is okay. All right. Fur babies are family. Don't like judge someone for being really upset that they lost their bunny. Like that's so wrong. Okay. Um, 
don't like don't like if someone you know just lost a fur baby send them a card send them flowers send them love like I was shocked when my most recent our last buddy that we had died barely anybody reached out to me and I was like listen guys I know I've lost a lot of bunnies recently but this was really a tough one and like barely anybody reached out to us and we were like wow this is really interesting but it really hurts. I miss all of my fur babies. Do not minimize people's relationships with their pets. They are sacred to us. Um, and I just feel like we got to normalize that. Alrighty. Um, the final thing is stand up for your beliefs, even if you feel like you're going to be the only one standing up for them. Like standing up for your beliefs or making your beliefs known is always a good thing. And if the conversation's ever going somewhere, you're not available to go with that person. Just say, hey, you know what? This conversation's taking a direction that I'm not really comfortable with. So I'd like to not, I'd like to end it. And I've had to learn how to do that a lot. Being like, hey, this conversation's not productive anymore. I think we should stop having it because you're just saying the same thing over and over again. I don't think you're actually hearing what we're saying anymore or you're starting to get upset. And like, I just feel like it's better that we end this conversation now. Okay, these are my lessons from turning 28. Um, I am super grateful I get to make this episode. It's long, but it's important to me to document this um, and share this, that these are, this is where I'm at in my life. And these are some of the things that I've been going through. And self-reflection is so important, important. And I just want to end with saying thank you for listening. And I would love to hear if any of these things landed for you. Or if there's anything that, you know, I, I shared that, you know, you need help with, or you like have a book that you recommend I read, or if you have a birthday coming up, I strongly recommend, even if you're not going to make a podcast episode about it, actually taking your pen to paper, because you're going to be surprised what comes out. Because um, I know I was some of these, I was like, wow, this is deep. And never um, feel like you can't be honest about your reflections and where you're at, because it's super, super important for you and your growth to own your story and share things because you don't ever know who's going to be going through the same stuff as you're going through. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Social Strategy Slayer. Before you go, before you go, I have something really awesome for you. I have a PDF download on all of the things you need to know about creating an Instagram bio that actually converts. I know that I personally love a visual. I love to download something and actually be able to see what are my action steps? How do I take that next step? Because a huge way that people lose money or lose the game on Instagram is by not having their bio ducks in a row. They don't know how to convert their, their profile photos off. Their username is off. Their name is not optimized for SEO. They don't have their bio constructed. They don't know where to put certain things like personal values. They don't know where to put things like what their call to action is. They're all messed up on Linktree. They don't know these things. And you need to have your bio in order for you to be able to convert on Instagram. You do. It's the number one thing I tell people when I'm on my audits with them. I go through their bio and I basically tear it to shreds. And it's all out of love and it's something you can rinse and repeat. You can use this download anytime you want, but click 
down to the show notes and click over and download this PDF because it is going to help you keep it in your resource file. Make sure you take action on it today because this is something that up until now I've only taught in my courses, my programs, my VIP days. And still, I, I, I do tell people how to do this for their personal brand on those sessions, but you now have a PDF downloadable guide that cuts right to the chase. How do I create an Instagram bio that converts? I got you. Head to the show notes and take action on it today. Save it in your files. Make sure that you save it. You rinse and repeat it. You can use it anytime you want. So I hope you head down to the show notes. You click that and you download your guide to creating an Instagram bio that converts. It'll take you maybe 15 minutes to update. It will take you no time at all. And it'll help you actually create leads from your Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you love, someone that you know really could use it. And don't forget to download that guide. All right. Sending you all my love and I'll see you next week.